Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. But there's no sunshine today. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. I think the sun has gone away. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. It's cold morning outside. It's going to be a cloudy throughout the day today. Temperature maybe a high of 24 or so. We ain't there at the moment. 11 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. We bumped up at the Highlands. It's 12 degrees. And in my backyard in Elm Grove, 14 degrees. But still here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios, it is 11 degrees. The 11-degree temperature feels like 5 degrees. So it's a cold morning this morning. We will see some snow showers probably coming in sometime after dark, after sunset. Uh, and then they will continue overnight a little more aggressively and into tomorrow morning where the snow showers will be actually uh, potentially a drive time problem for you. So that's what we have to look forward to here. It's 909 on the Watchdog Morning Show. Feel free to uh, text us 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service text line is open, is available, or you can call 304-232-8255, 304-232-TALK. The Frio Stack Auction Service phone line also is available for you to use as you choose. Bob, be watching that phone line. Denny Magruder is going to be calling in any minute now. Got a high on it. Uh, Denny's usually pretty prompt. I don't know what's going on. I don't oh. know. Wait a minute. Hold hey, on. hey, hey. There he is. Talked to Denny Magruder yesterday. He said, uh, I'll be happy to call in and do the show. And look look at, look at who shows up here. I'm here this morning, Howard. Good to see you this morning. Cold outside. A little bit. You can handle that cold. We can handle it. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Denny is a announced candidate for mayor and also, I believe at the moment, the only filed candidate i think there's two filed right now oh is there somebody else's filed? Okay. myself and i believe chad has chad filed. is now filed okay all right i didn't uh, i haven't i haven't checked the filings for a couple of days so and i'm sure that rosemary will the three absolutely uh, and then whether somebody else will decide to run for mayor um i don't know uh it's going to be very interesting denny um we've talked to you before about running for mayor and there is the potential for a very different council as you know and the mayor has to change because of Glenn Elliott being term limited, um, and you're interested in that job. Um, but the council itself could have a different complexion uh, based on some of the people who have filed. It could be a very different council. I, I think it could, Howard, yes. Um, is, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You know what? I'm not sure. I, I think you just have to see what happens. Uh, I, I will say I, I don't have a problem with the council folks that are there now. Uh, but uh, it, it's time. It, there's different ideas out there. Let's just put it that way. So we'll, we'll see what shakes out. It's going to be interesting to see whether there's a, a, a real shift in direction or not, and that will come to some extent from the mayor, the position that you're running for. Or, uh, it, but 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 with the six members of council, if you have enough new faces on council, there could be a different direction there as well. There, there could be. It's, that's always the case every four years, I think. Yeah. Danny, I wanted to talk to you. There are a couple of big stories that are in the city of Wheeling. It seems as if. Two stories have been dominating for quite some time. One's the streetscape, which we might get to in a minute. But the other is this issue of the homeless uh, homelessness, which has um, gone off the back burner to the front burner in the past three or four months. And we've reached the point now where the city council currently uh, put a uh, ban on camping on public property. So no more tent cities, if you will, in, in the city of Wheeling. Um, when they passed that law, that ordinance, they were going to have a um, 
managed camp was part of the idea. There would be one, at least one managed camp uh, that would be where where the homeless could go, but not just anywhere. Um, that has never happened just yet. So the city has put a hold on things. That hold ends, I think, maybe tomorrow or this week. Sometimes, would if you had been on council, would you have supported the ban on homeless camping? Howard, I would have, and and I and I think councils tried to do a responsible job in that regard. And, and I say that because uh, I, I think you just have to be in control of that kind of thing. Look, we, we all have compassion, uh, and I do support the idea. I, I think at this point, the more you get in and learn and talk to people and really look at it, I, I think that, and I challenge the citizens, please, to, to really think and pray on this issue. It's a tough one, and it's not going to go away quickly. Uh, but I, I think you have to tackle the issue, you know, uh, you just have to look at it. Now, in terms of the, the managed camp, you know, it's, it's going to take some time. I think that's a problem. You have to identify the spot. You have to prepare the spot. Uh, I, I also believe that it should be fenced uh, personally I, for a couple of reasons. One, that way it's very well defined. There's no question, hey, we're inside, we're outside the camp, we're here. I think that the, the residents, the folks who lived in the camp would feel a better sense of security. I think the folks outside would know, uh, you know, who's in the camp. And if we got somebody else wandering around, then they're not one of the homeless. They're probably somebody on the street looking for something else. So this is a really, really tough issue. But, yes, I would have supported the ban. I, I think we just have to uh, tackle now the idea of the managed camp. But I think um, this is my opinion, so you and I can discuss yeah. this. I, I'm, I was much more supportive of this ban I'm an uh, I'm a flaming liberal. Let's be honest about it. That's, all right, and and therefore I am very compassionate about the least among us, including the homeless. Uh, and I've been very supportive of programs to help the homeless and to be aware of the need for the homeless. But I have come to realize that the homeless population in the city has begun to, in some circumstances, intrude on the average daily life of the average citizen. Council needed to do something about that. Regulating camps makes some sense. But closing these camps down without anywhere for these people to go really bothers me. Um, the managed camp idea, I wish they had defined that managed camp more clearly in the original ordinance. But the managed camp idea was tied to my, in my mind, tied in with closing the other camps down. Um, so when, when now we're back to where do these folks go until there's a managed camp put into place. Yeah, and I think council, I think council has to look at that just like you are, Howard. Uh, you know, it's hard to impose the uh, camping ban without some reasonable alternative. Uh, and, and I agree. And I think the city so far has, has seen that. Uh, you know, the, the, of course, the city manager, he, he has to enforce what, what council gives him. Uh, but council may have to take a look at this and say, hey, let's, let's ramp up. Let's figure out how to get this managed camp done. That's, I think that's the next step. And then you can enforce the camping ban. I'm not one who likes threats. But I think the ACLU has put a threat out there right now that um, they've told the city, if you don't come up with a managed camp or, or, or repeal this ordinance, we're likely to sue you. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm not so sure, but what they wouldn't win a suit. Well, Howard, I, I'm not so sure that, about that either, but I, I'm also one who, who doesn't like threats. I think you accomplish more when you really sit down at the table. And, and you know, I've been attending uh, the council meetings on a regular basis for the last four or five months. Uh, I've listened to all the presentations. Uh, you know, there's a lot of folks out there who, who really care, uh, are trying to do things about the homeless situation. Uh, it, it still remains a problem. 
And, and I think we just have to step up and we have to control that. In, in my lifetime, I, I would liken it to say, Howard, uh, I've, I've been to San Francisco and Portland on several different occasions. And I'll be honest with you, the idea of allowing uh, campsites anywhere you want, city sidewalks, city parks, has dramatically negatively affected those two communities. I don't want that to happen to Wheeling. I, we want to be compassionate. We, we want to manage this thing. Uh, so I think we have to define and, and start to, to, to build uh, the managed camp. And, and the managed camp, in my opinion, Howard, this is a question that's also out there, it, it's, it's not a city-run facility. Now, the city has made that clear. They're not going to be the— Correct. They're not going to be the managers. Nor uh, do I think they should be. And therein apparently lies part of the problem is that um, we have a number of agencies that involve themselves with providing services to the homeless, uh, but they haven't been able to come together and come up with a joint plan for this managed camp. And I, I think that's part of the problem we have right now is we have a number of agencies, none of whom seem to be able to get together and work together. And, and, I, and I don't know why that is, Howard. You know, I, listen, one, one of my campaign promises is communication. I think we have to stimulate and try to get those folks to the table and have a discussion. I, perhaps they've had that discussion. I don't know. I've not been there. Uh, but, I, but I do think that needs to take place. We have a lot of social agencies. We have a lot of faith-based organizations who want to help solve this problem. Now it's a matter of trying to get those folks together and get this thing solved. Finding a location is, is the first issue. Um, and I don't know, I've talked about it before. It seems to me it needs to be far enough away from, I don't know what, the center of activity that, that the homeless don't become an intrusion. But As they have in San Francisco. But close enough that they are able to access the services that they need, um, the soup kitchen and things of that nature. And that it's going to be hard to find a place like that. I think Mr. Slider had a pretty good idea this morning, Bob. Your thought about what if a private citizen stepped up? Yeah, I, I thought that. You know, there's a lot of vacant lots. If somebody wanted to stir it up or wanted to show how compassionate they were, Denny, I thought they could say, hey, you guys can camp here. I don't know. Is there an ordinance that you can't pitch a tent? Yeah, I think I'm not sure about that, but it's, uh, the public the, the ban is on camping on public property. Well, I think if you if you look out at the at the 18th Street Center, they've uh, created a campgrounds of sorts in their backyard. Yeah. So I think you can you can do that again. Is that something uh, we want to do? I, I think we as a community really have to move forward with this managed camp if we want to uh, control all these outgrowths uh, to do that. Um, but I think again, I think they need to get that managed camp in place before they enforce this other ordinance. I, I, I feel the ACLU has talked about cruel and unusual punishment, and again, I'm not keen on the threats. And I think the ACLU in general. I used to be a card carrying member of the ACLU. I no longer am. Uh, I, I think they tend to be a little pushy. I don't know if that's the right uh, word to a, use. A, a little, very kind. Um, but. Uh, but I think they make a point about cruel and unusual punishment, not so much that there is a ban on the camps, but that, that right now these folks are living in limbo. There are people who are living in a camp right now who have no idea if someone's coming tomorrow to throw them out of their, their home, so to speak, their camp. You know, I mean, there needs to be, we have to have the compassion not just for finding them a place to stay, but also for their mental well-being. I mean, can you imagine if you in your home said, well, somebody may be coming tomorrow to kick you out. We just don't know. Or maybe it'll be next week. We're not sure. For the grace of God, Howard, that could be any of us. That, that's true. So it's, um, 
it's it's uh, it's difficult. Danny, what kind of response have you been hearing about this issue as you've been out and about campaigning? I don't know what well, you do to campaign, but what have you, kind of response have you heard? Well, and, and I'm hearing the, just the very things we're talking about. I think there's a mixed bag of opinions. Uh, I, I think people uh, just need to become aware of the whole idea so we can make the right decisions. But, yeah, I, I'm hearing that. Listen, uh, a lot of people are speaking out about the, the compassion side, and, and I really believe, Howard, this entire community is compassionate. I don't think it's a question that anybody wants to throw the, the, these people on the, you know, on the pile. Uh, it's just that we need to have the right things in place. And, and, and I tend to agree with you. Uh, we, we come up with a ban, uh, which I believe, again, was the right thing to do. We just have to move forward and, and accelerate this, the managed camp idea. So there is somewhere to go. And um, I, don't, I don't want to see a bulldozer pull up and, and plow somebody's and, and tent that's, and that, and that's unnecessarily. The, and that's the problem. That almost happened two weeks ago until the city said, well, we'll, we'll just pause it. I mean, they, I, I understand that they had essentially the bulldozers ready, so to speak. And then they said, well, no, we got to put a pause on this for a while. But the pause is coming to an end, and I lose track of the days, but I think it's tomorrow or the next day. I mean, the two-week time period is pretty much over well, with. Well, I think uh, there's a council meeting tomorrow. Let's, we'll, we'll see what the council has to say at this point. I mean, it's, I think that's where it's at now. The, the idea of a managed camp I still think needs to be more clearly defined, and maybe council needs to take that up. I, I was supportive of the idea. Um, Chad Dahlman came up with that idea first, I think, and said, let's put a managed camp in there. I'm, but, but the ordinance doesn't define what that is. And I think we need to, I think the ordinance by law needs to say, what is this managed camp? And it doesn't do that. It's just sort of, we'll have one. And I think that's a problem. Well, and, and maybe that's got us to where we're at. I think we, you're right. That has to be defined. What is a managed camp? We've got to find a site or sites uh, and look at that. Let's take a break. Denny Magruder is here with us. Denny is a candidate for mayor here in the city of Wheeling. We'll try and get all the mayoral candidates to offer some thoughts on this and other issues as time goes by. It's 922, 22 after the hour. Watchdog Morning Show. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real Steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Don't just listen. Be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. Your direct connection to the watchdog. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445. The Highland Sports Complex is the Ohio Valley's most exciting place to play. A state-of-the-art facility offering fun for the whole family with a climbing wall, arcade, indoor turf, hardwood courts, classes and camps for kids and adults. Plus, you can take a break in the on-site cafe. 
Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversation, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Mr. Slaughter has been delving into what's it called? Mysterious West Virginia? That's it, Howard. Mysterious West Virginia. Some of the unsolved crimes and mysteries and murders and strange things that happen in the mountain state. Uh, and you've now got me intrigued enough. I'm going to go try and find that on YouTube. That's how it tonight. works. Because uh, I, I, some of these things are local. Some of them are, are statewide. And I'll have to look into it. But uh, So that is why we're our theme of the morning, our, uh, our bumper music theme, are mystery songs. Yes. And mystery songs. 925, 25 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, the New Hampshire primary is coming up. And uh, tomorrow, Bob, we're going to New Hampshire. Well, I haven't packed yet, Howard. You just kind of sprung it on me late, didn't you? Yeah, unfortunately, we're not actually going. I have done that. I've been in New Hampshire broadcasting live during the primary a number of years ago. It was the year of the Dean scream. Remember that one, Howard Dean? Well, it was Denny, it was my very first time alone. Howard was in New Hampshire, and uh, it was kind of weather like this, and I was so afraid that I wasn't going to get to 16th Street that I spent the night there. I don't know if you remember that. I remember that, that now, really? And that, that day uh, when Howard Dean had this scream, and I thought, boy, I'm going to show Howard what a great producer I am. I found this uh, sound effect where this guy just screams. <laughs> and I said to you, I said, Howard, I have something here from Howard Dean. And you said, oh, really? And I played it, but I didn't have the board set up right. And you go, what, 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 what was that? And you didn't hear it. I, I screwed everything up. <laughs> but that was my fir- very first time 20-plus tw- years ago. Yeah, it was, the, it was the day after the Iowa primary and uh, Iowa caucus, I guess I should say. And uh, we were in New Hampshire broadcasting live, and the Dean scream was the big. You think about how politics has changed. Howard Dean went, yeah, and that that was that, enough. That, that was, was enough. To, that was enough to kill his presidential presidential campaign. Sure. Think about this. Now we got. Well, I'm not going to go into it, but I mean, just think how far we've come. That all he all he did was just all he did was say, yeah, I won, and that was enough to to. to but I had a good time up there. It was fun. It was fun. Found a nice little bar. I, I It's a nice little bar. I, I recognize it. It's the same bar that you will see in the opening. Not in the opening, but in the flashback scenes in West Wing, Bob, because you're a big West Wing fan, where uh, Toby is hanging out uh, during the day, having a few drinks. He thinks he can get fired that night when Bartlett begins to speak. And uh, while in that scene, I go, I was in that bar. I was there. I was there. I was there. I saw all that stuff. We will unfortunately not be able to go to New Hampshire. But one of our regular contributors, Matt Robeson, uh, is from New Hampshire. And so is Paul Hodes, a former congressman from that area. The two of them do a uh, podcast together, and they're going to join us together tomorrow on the show to talk about New Hampshire. Because uh, although I've been up there, one of the things Matt was telling me, uh, Bob, is that the image of the New Hampshire primary in most people's minds, which probably comes from shows like The West Wing, isn't really what the New Hampshire primary is all about. You know, I, we have images of them going door to door in the snow and knocking on people's doors and having house parties and so on. He says, really, it's not, that's not quite the way New Hampshire politics have played out. So we'll find out more about it tomorrow on the show.
We will. Unless unless between now and then we decide we want to go. And, Bob, you don't have to sleep here tonight. Oh, thanks, night. Denny. <laughs> 928 on the Watchdog Morning Show. Also tomorrow we'll have uh, Tom Scateri with us uh, live from the Pentagon. Another place we used to go and broadcast, not from the Pentagon, but from D.C., but now we just have him call in. We're getting old, Howard. I know. Can't can't make the trips anymore. Denny Magruder is here with us. Denny is a, a candidate for mayor in the city of Wheeling. One of at least three announced, and I, I don't know if any more will be announcing over the next few weeks or not. I just don't know. I thought there would be others, but I'm beginning to think I might have been might have been wrong. Um, are you getting good response? I, I want to talk about your campaign a little bit. Are you getting good response? I mean, what what are people t- – let's set homeless aside because that's what we've been Correct. talking a lot about. Right. What else are people talking to you about? Well, obviously, Howard, the downtown situation, uh, which – Streetscape. It, the streetscape. It's, it, it's a tough one. Uh, and then just generalities. I think people are concerned. They always want to talk about economic development, public safety. So depending on who you're talking to, the, you know, those issues do pop up. And uh, I, I want to make sure. I want to hear what people have to say. I think communication is the key. We can't solve problems unless, number one, we know what they are. And then number two, we get all the right people talking about them. I think that's how we kind of find solutions. So you're like Joe Manchin going on your listening tour. I, I, I'm listening a lot. because, <laughs> and, and again, I, I'm a novice, uh, I hate to use the word politician. I still, I, I don't consider myself a politician. I got news for you, pal. You're on the ballot. That makes you a politician. I, I, and I would agree with that, but I still don't consider myself that. But. Um, so you're just learning is what you're telling I, me. I'm doing a lot of learning, a lot, a lot of listening. Uh, uh, that's something I'd like to do over the years, and I want to continue that. Yeah, I always ask people this on a personal level. I, I want to—I've known you for a long time. You retired. This is where you ought to be sitting back and putting your feet up. You know, I don't know what you do for recreation, but you know, reading a good book or, or just going to McDonald's and solving the problems of the world with other old people. Or well, I do or, that, and I have nine grandkids. So okay, that, well, that, so, or spend more time with your grandkids. You know, that's 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 really a big deal. The amount of effort and time that has to go into being a councilman, let alone the mayor, is huge. I mean, do you really want to do that? Howard, I, th- I think you incorporate that into your lifestyle. Uh, yeah, I, I, I never dreamt I would do this, quite frankly. I, this was not in mind when I retired. Uh, but, you know, as, as I just thought about it and then eventually prayed upon it, uh, I go to the wellness center three days a week. I talk to a lot of people, so I always engage. And, and you know, one thing I found over the years is a lot of people say, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do that. Well, if we'd like to do it, we need to stand up and start trying to do it. If that's what you want to do, uh, let's do it. So I'm, I'm one of those guys. I, I look at some things, and, and, and I'm not highly critical of the city. I just think we have to fine-tune some things. We have to communicate. Uh, so if, if, I, if that's what I believe in, then I should put that on the table. I recognize that you just said that what you want to do is hear what people have to say. And, yes. And I get that, and that's a fair way of doing it. In your own mind, though, do you have a couple of priorities that you would like to see if you were mayor that you want to direct the council towards, direct direct the city towards? I, I believe so, and, and I think one Howard down the road is that we've, we've just come through an era the last four or five years when there's been a lot of available funds, different sources. You know, COVID has rained well, money I mean, on Well, a gigantic chunk of money from so, COVID, yeah. So fiscal responsibility now comes front and center. I think, you know, we, we have to rein ourselves in and be able to say, wait a minute, Let's see what we can afford. We need to maintain all the new improvements we make, police stations, fire stations, streetscape. Those things need to be maintained. Uh, so we need, just need, need to make sure we're really on the fiscal management side here, got all the pieces together. Uh, the other thing I want to make sure of is that uh, 
I don't think government needs to keep raising fees. That concern. I don't want to see us just add fees. So please, please know that. I think people in Wheeling, uh, they're, they're on fixed incomes, a lot of them. Uh, businesses, if you, if you really want businesses to thrive, prosper, and attract new businesses, we've got to make sure we control the cost, at least the cost they contribute to government. So uh, th- that's a big agenda of mine. I, I have a degree in finance. You know, over the years, in my days at the arena and all, that was always the struggle making sure you had enough money, uh, you put away enough in, in, in the good times for those few months that were really dry and bad. And, and I see that as a project that, that the city really needs to focus on. City added, um, what do you call it, the municipal service fee or something like that during, they did. in this administration. Uh, was that a good idea? In my mind, I think it was a tough one. And here's why I think it was a tough one. I think you put it on the ballot, people said no, and you did it anyway. And a lot of people said to me, that's still in their craw. People don't like that. Uh, I, I think you, you go back and you try to uh, do that again. Now, I'm, I'm not saying we did some bad things with all that money, but that money has in some ways, uh, uh, or that fee, has perhaps negatively, uh, negatively impacted some business. There were some uh, downtown sizable businesses that were considering some other things. Uh, I'm not saying that stopped the other, the other development from happening, but it sure didn't help at the time. There were, there were some uh, there were some downtown businesses who were looking at doing some different things, adding some things, and decided not to after that. How much did the service fee play into that? I don't know. But I did hear the comment that they didn't like the idea that they didn't have a say in it. It had been voted down and then it was incorporated. So those are things I think we have to be very, very careful of, Howard. All right, 9.33, 27 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Can you stick around just for a few more I, minutes? I absolutely can, yes. Do a quick break. Uh, we'll come back, talk to Denny a little bit more, then a couple other things I want to get into before we turn things over to Hoppy Kirchival coming up after 10. But right now we turn things over to Taylor Long in the Ohio Valley News Center of WTRF-TV. Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this January the 15th. Belmont College will be closed today due to water issues. Spiro Academy is also closed due to cold weather today. And finally, Mary Seat of Wisdom Montessori School is on a two-hour delay. Visit WTRF.com to stay up to date on the latest delays in school closings. Now, with the arrival of the severe cold temperatures in the region, is your home prepared for winter? Officials say there are many steps you can take now that will prevent all sorts of issues for you and your home this winter. One owner of a hardware store downstate Charleston has some helpful advice on how to make it through the winter season unscathed. Other ways to prepare your home is to keep an eye on those pipes, making sure they don't freeze. Water freezing in the pipes can cause them to burst when they thaw, so if you keep a tiny bit of water flowing, you could prevent a nightmare. You can also open up kitchen cabinets to keep warm air circulating near them. Looking to Hancock County now, a commissioner with a long tenure revealed his decision to not seek re-election at the commission meeting held last week. Jeff Davis has been working with the Hancock County Commission for the last 24 years and says he has met so many wonderful people and learned a lot. He says he never did anything alone and everyone in the county works as a team. During his time, he has seen many projects happen in the county, including nearly $1 million worth of sewer and water line upgrades, one of the accomplishments he is most proud of. Now, Davis plans to spend his free time drinking coffee with his mom, fishing with his brother, golfing with his sons, Joe and Jeff, and vacationing with his wife.
And in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we will be airing a tribute to Dr. King called A Granddaughter's Dream. It features Yolanda Renee King, the only grandchild of the civil rights leader. You can watch the special this evening at 730 on WTRF My Ohio Valley. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. I'm Deepak Huda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cath Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WU Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. Clairsville. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. He has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. curious tomorrow how many people are going to do what i you have you have really created an interest to me in all of this mystery stuff and all these songs are not all from the show that you're talking about mysterious west virginia but you've got my mind in that gear bob i'm and i'm i'll bet some of the audience think of the same thing well, I'm glad. Danny Magruder's holding his <laughs> hand up there. there. Well, you know, you got me going with the book, and that was the theme from Ellery Queen. And it was when young Bob, six maybe six years old, it was Ellery Queen mystery. So yeah. we've come uh, full cycle, Howard. And I used to enjoy reading the Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine. Mystery Magazine. It was one of those small pulp-sized, like the old TV Guide-sized magazine, full of just short mystery short stories. Mysteries. Yeah, I loved, I loved that. And Ellery Queen, the Ellery Queen Mysteries. Didn't they, Bob? Didn't they do a redo, like make that into a series, an Ellery Queen series? I think middle to late seventies, and that's what that was from. I uh, think so. That was yeah. from the series. Anyways, I, so I'm thinking today could be it's cold. This could be another grilled cheese and tomato soup day, you know, and um, crack a mystery. Howard. Track down the <laughs> solve a mystery. Who done it? <laughs> crack down these mysteries. Uh, hey, it's warming up. It's a whopping 12 degrees. Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 12 degrees of the Highlands, 14 in Elm Grove. What do we have here? Still 11? Or are we? No, moving? we're up to 12. 12 degrees. So, boy, oh, boy, heat wave has hit us here. Temperature going to go up to 24 before the day is over and done with some snow showers coming in tonight um, after dark. And uh, then we'll pick up in the overnight hours. Tomorrow morning could be a little bit hinky. 
uh, coming to work, but uh, not probably not uh, not too bad. So be aware of um, of all of that. Uh, 9.39, 21 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Denny Magruder is here in studio with us. Uh, Denny is running for mayor in the city of Wheeling. And I had something I wanted to do. Bob, you got anything for Denny here? Because I, I thought of something I want to talk to him about, and I've forgotten it. Where'd he go, Howard? Is it a mystery? I, it's a mystery. It's it, went, mystery. <laughs> it went down that mystery tunnel. I know. Well, you know, the first thing that come to me, what if, and I don't want to jinx it all because I think you are going to be the next mayor, I'm going to do everything that I can to help you be the next mayor, What's first thing on your list? You have something that, man, I just can't wait to get in there because this is first and foremost. No, no, not not at all, Bob. There's no one thing in my mind that says, "Hey, you got to jump in." I think the one thing you want to be cautious of is you don't want to jump in and make any uh, modifications too quickly. You want to make sure that you sit down with everybody and find out what needs to be done next. I think we know a lot of things that we want to work on, but I think you got to get a council that's in sync. And you want a solid game plan and. Uh, so, no, I don't think there's an overreaction the first month or two at all. The other thing I thought of, uh, you've been in this uh, town your whole life, and you know a lot of people, and you know a lot of people that work for the city. Do you worry about friendships, acquaintances? Now you're the guy, the main guy in town. Do you worry how that might affect some of your relationships? Uh, no, I don't really worry about that, Bob, because in my, in my 37 years at, at the arena, you know, sometimes you had to say, know to friends and do some of that. I, I think as long as you explain why and, uh, and, and you take that you take that position, I, I, I'm not worried about that at all, no. Denny, um, do you worry, the city does not directly oversee the Civic Arena or West Bank Arena or the Capitol Theater, and yet the city is tied in with that. Do you worry any conflict of interest with you being in the position of mayor, considering you had been arena manager for all those years? No, I'm, I'm completely divorced from that situation now. I, I don't sit on that board. I don't do any of that. I, I think it gives me an advantage to really understand. Uh, but no, I, I certainly I'd let the board, uh, what the, the, the uh, Greater Sports Entertainment Authority, would be operating uh, the arena and the theater. Uh, I, I don't see that as a conflict at all. It, and in fact, I find that to be a little bit helpful. Uh, Denny, one last question, because we were discussing this before the break, and I think it's fair to have full disclosure here. Uh, according to this report that I came across yesterday, the average net worth of people in their 70s is $1,700,000. Now, I am in my 70s, and I will give you full disclosure. I ain't nowhere near that. And neither am I. Howard. You're not? You're sure? No, you're I'm, not, po I'm positive. <laughs> you're not in that No, I, I, I heard that comment. As you know, when I came to the studio, I said, I'm not one of them. And, Bob, the average net worth of someone in their 60s, you're 61. A million six? You anywhere near? Nah, I don't even have the six out. Yes, yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe move the decimal point about three, three points over there. Yeah, this story is fascinating to me that there are this many millionaires in America. Bless well, their heart. I mean, but I think Bob was right. I think it's tweaked by those people, the mega millionaires at it the is, top. It, drive, drive that average out of uh, just out of sight. I mean, the article that I'm looking at even says that that, that these these are averages. And averages are you take the very very highest and the very very lowest. As I said, if if Bob made a million and I made a dollar, the it's average half a million. Be, the average would be half a million. So, but still, these numbers I just when I saw those, it just just some of this comes from um, property values have gone up. Net worth includes your property, so sure the average person the inflation there has you know most people don't realize what their net worth is because most people think of 
cash in- income cash you know so on and properties in there all right denny i gotta move on some other stuff i appreciate you coming in thank you sir thank, thank you thanks bob take care stay You're welcome we will talk to you i'm sure as time goes by as the election comes closer appreciate it denny magruder is uh, running for mayor one of the candidates for mayor here in the oh wait hold on will you ask denny hold on i just got this on my text line so let me before you go away will you ask denny if he would promote wheeling as a health hub in light of the WVU Cancer Center? Certainly, uh, yes. We'd be looking to promote Wheeling with its health benefits, uh, the expansion of WVU, uh, and, and obviously the Cancer Center is a big deal, I think, down the road. It's something we, we need to take advantage of and we need to support. Uh, the same texture says uh, we need to have an inpatient behavioral health services offered here again in Wheeling. I certainly agree with that. That's I do as well. Yes, absolutely. All right. You, you hit poor Denny and his coat. Don't on make his, him take his coat off. I don't make a, remember, right. we did that with Bob Heron. Bob was literally out the door last time. We said, no, come back, come back. So I just got this text. I wanted to share it with you. Denny, thank you very much. Good Appreciate luck, Denny. It. See you. Stay warm. 944, quarter till the hour. Thanks to uh, David for texting that in. I do appreciate it. Um, the Frio Stack Auction Service text line is open, is available, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. I have um, a couple of other things coming in. These were not referencing Denny, so I thought I would share. First of all, somebody sent me a picture of D- D- Danny Wheeler at the organ. Uh, Danny, organ was the or- Danny Wheeler was the organist, of course, for uh, uh, the Nailers for a long period of time. He also... Believe it or not, he was my organist. I had my own little band in the beginning. Dan, Danny was that. I think Danny passed away a year or so ago. That is a Hall of Fame a sports uh, minute here in the Ohio Valley, certainly here in downtown Wheeling. When the referee says, nope, the organ guy has to go. Deet, 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 <laughs> deet. Uh, Howard, you'd be a millionaire, too, if you didn't eat so much. Yeah, all those Bud Lights, too, didn't do no, either one of us any uh, favors. Yeah, it wasn't so much the food that took a lot of it. Uh, referencing Mary Lou Retton. Before her hospital stay, she wrote a book. It didn't do very well. She went into the hospital in bad shape. People flocked to stores and bought her book. You know, again, I think she has that uh, effect on people when to help her out. I didn't know she wrote a book, but okay. I'm I'm sure people would do that. There was another uh, famous uh, television star that passed away this past weekend. Uh, honeymooners. Yes, Joyce Randolph. Joyce Randolph. Did yes. you see how old she was? Ninety nine. Ninety nine years old. Yeah, she was Art Trixie. Carney. Trixie. Art Carney. Uh, uh, Trixie Norton. Ralph, Ralph's. Uh, Ralph was that right? Ralph Norton. Yeah, Ralph's. Ralph Cramden and Ed Norton. Ed Norton. Thank you. Yeah, my. Stop it, nervous. You're making me Norton. <laughs> that was a great show too. That was a tremendous show. But uh, you know, I just I was kind of surprised she was uh, ninety nine. Ninety nine, and we didn't talk about this last week either. I was a big fan. I doubt if Howard Monroe was a big fan. Starsky and Hutch in the uh, in the seventies, middle seventies. Oh, oh, let me tell you something. I worked with a guy. He was uh, the FM program director up at the big. Uh, uh, what, what what does Donnie call it? Womper Room. Yes. He was the FM program director in the early 70s. I was the AM program director. He and I, we would go out as adults. We were we would play Starsky and Hutch. We, ah, so we you had, were a fan. Listen, I, I remember one time in, I had handcuffs. I took handcuffs with me, had them in the back of my pants. We were at a little bar in Blair, and all of a sudden, these guys are all acting kind of weird around me, and I realized 
because <laughs> they saw the cops. They thought we were cops. No, no, I know Starsky and Hutch. We played Starsky and Hutch, yeah. Did you see where David Soul died I last, see last week? I did see that. He had a yeah. hit song, too, uh, in, in the 70s. I think, I think he had a couple, didn't he? He did. I a, know one. He went all the way to number one. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, we're, I, we're just another sign, Howard. We're, man, we're getting old. I, there's no question about that. Uh, 13 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Let me see uh, quickly. Anything else here on Frio Stack Auction Service text line? Perhaps Mary Lou Retton qualified for Social Security disability. I, I, again, I would think there would be some kind of med- medical. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's a fair, legitimate question that you asked there, sir, or ma'am. Uh, okay, let's see. What is the, I think this goes back to the millionaire story. What is the mean, not the average net worth? I don't know. I don't know if it's in the story or not. I Look, I, I understand I was playing with numbers here. I just thought it was kind of funny that the average American can now expect to be a millionaire in their 50s uh, for net worth. But obviously that's playing around with numbers. I don't know what the mean is. I might might be able to look it up. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. How can we be sure? Ah, oh, Jesus. There are sickos out there. Just sickos out there. Um, give them one of the abandoned buildings, as you said, Bob. Give them one of the abandoned buildings. Give them heat, bathrooms, and if they mess it up, then throw them out. I think there are other solutions than beyond just banning, and I think there are some things that could be done. You know you've got problems when you're looking forward to, please let me put that 10 up in January. I mean, I just could not, I could not imagine going to a tent anytime this past week. Anytime. No. Go outside right now. I don't want to. I don't even want to go out there and start my Jeep. Picture, picture that is your that is your living quarters. You step out the door right now. Out, that's your living quarters. The world out there, Howard. I have spent a lot of time cold when I was a younger man, but I always knew that I was going to go and be able to get it in and get warm. Warm. Yeah, yeah. I, I every year around this time, I I start to really feel that compassion because I feel the cold. I mean, I can't. You know, I, I again. Going from my house to my nice warm my nice warm house to my nice warm car, with the cold in between, and I think, my God, I can't stand that. Can you imagine this would be where you live? You're out in this all the time. Remember, it was thirty last week, and we were saying how cold it was because it was cold. But now we're looking at eleven. You know, it's this brutal. You, this is lose your life kind of weather. It, exactly. So, uh, ten till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Get big savings at Menards. Start 2024 refreshed by exploring Pittsburgh Paint's color trends of the year in-store or on Menards.com today. Save time on your painting projects with Pittsburgh's Grand Distinction. It's a premium paint and primer in one with high hiding coverage and long-lasting color. Get a gallon starting at $29.87 after $10 mail-in rebate now at Menards. Good through January 21st. Savings are mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Hello, Ohio Valley. This is Kate Delaney inviting you to join me overnight here on The Watchdog.
Whether it's talking to big names in entertainment or sports, discussing the latest political news, or just chatting about life, I'll be here to keep you company on the Watchdog WVLY AM 1370, FM 97.7, or online at watchdognetwork.com. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Trio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Trio and Stack. Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Doesn't sound too mysterious. Well, it's funny you say that. It's from the A NBC mystery movie. Ah, okay. All right. Seven to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Frio Stack Auction Service Text Line. How does gas go from two forty nine to two ninety nine overnight? Uh, this is says at the local sheet stores. I noticed uh, I've been meaning to talk about the price of gas for the last couple of weeks. I've had stories on my desk, not never got around to it. Literally threw them away last night because now they're getting old. I have to look up some new numbers. Um, but I noticed last night um, the gas the price of gas two forty nine uh, in Elm Grove because I remember thinking to myself, we are now closer to two dollars than we are to three dollars. And at one point, we were worried about before dollars. Well, let me ask you this, then, Howard. What do you think caused it? Do you think the cold weather caused it? Do you think the possibility of going to war with Iran well, <laughs> caused it? I, I'm, I'm more likely to say it has something to do with the the weather and those kinds of things, only because the fear of the war in the Middle East has been around for so long, and the prices have still been dropping. I don't. I, I, I don't think anything dramatically happened in the last 24 hours to push that price up. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, if they all stick together in the Middle East, and uh, that would be, I think, one one way to retaliate would be the, the petroleum prices well, would go obviously up, Obviously, it, it's a weapon that can be used if necessary. But um, I'll just, I've been meaning to, for, for again, for months to get a hold of our buddy at uh, GasBuddy.com, uh, uh, Pat Dahan. Uh, I try and get him on once every three or four months to talk about the price of gas, where it's going, and why. I'll see if I can get him to do that. But I, it's interesting. I did not. I, this is from a texter who says the price of gas at local sheets today is two ninety nine, and I, I certainly do know it was two forty nine yesterday um, at several places around the area because I, I I was I commented to my wife we are now closer to two dollars 
at two forty nine. We are closer to See two dollars. How are you jinxes? I did. I jinxed I should never should never have said anything at all. It's been a good day. I felt pretty good today. Did you feel pretty good today? I felt good that you were feeling good because, uh, you know, when we were here together last, you were down and out. You were a real trooper. You came in and I thought, well, you know, I know how long it stayed with me. I wonder how Howard is going to do. Friday, it was was good. It was good. There was a weekend. Uh, Friday, I was still kind of out of it. Um, You know, just sort of Half loopy, you know. You know, you know what that's like. Well, you know, there's some textures after Howard. You know where they're going to go with that. <laughs> but I mean, um, I was just, I was just really, really out of it. Um, slept, had uh, had some soup, and then um, not from Angels, but actually got uh, some uh, clam chowder from Coleman's. Uh, had soup when I got home. And literally slept the day away. See, that's the key to me. I think just about any ailment, sleep. Go in there and get some rest. Turn the lights down dark. Tell everybody to leave you alone. Try to stay warm and just sleep. Yeah, and that's what I did. And I did that for most of the weekend. Uh, Friday, as you point out, Friday morning, I didn't – I wasn't sure I was going to make it in here. Although, as the day went on, Friday worked out well. Now, today is – Supposedly, you, so you're feeling good, right? Well, the Steelers play later, so yeah. Right now, I'm feeling right good. Now, feel, right, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. But today is, according to many experts, the most depressing day of the year. Hmm. Well, again, we'll see how the Steelers do later. <laughs> this is Blue Monday, the most depressing day of the year. Um, most experts say that they look at. Um, the saddest day of the year is always the third Monday in January. The happiest day, by the way, is in mid to late June. I mean, I, the weather probably makes a big deal with that, I suppose. Um, they look at factors like um, the weather, post-holiday stress, uh, the fact that by this time most people have given up on their New Year's resolutions. If you made any, I didn't make any. Um, and then I like this, according to this article, and the fact that Mondays suck in general. <laughs> Just I know this. There's a lot of Dallas Cowboys slash Cleveland Browns fans. <laughs> They're just sick to be tied this morning, Howard. Um, well, we'll see how things go with the Steelers today. Yeah, we might be right with them. And if you're planning to go to the Penguins game tonight, don't. Don't. Go this afternoon. They're go waiting for you. They're opening the doors as we speak. I said they probably have probably have people there already. Probably have good tickets though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who the, needs to? For the afternoon for the afternoon show. All right, that is it uh, pretty much for today. Gotta say sayonara, see you. Bye bye. Farewell. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. Tomorrow, uh Paul Hodes, former congressman from New Hampshire, and our friend Matt Robeson. Uh, who also is in New Hampshire. The two of them will come together and join us to take some time to talk about the New Hampshire primary, why it's important, what we should know about it, what we should be watching for when the primary gets underway. Tonight is the Iowa caucus, today, I guess, is the Iowa caucus. So tomorrow we'll have some results of that. Trump will be the big winner in the Republican primary there. Uh, it's not a primary, again, it's a caucus, but Trump will be the big winner. But is there, you'd be curious to see who does anything other than Trump. Does Nick Haley, Nikki Haley still, you know, have some sway? Uh, is DeSantis pretty much done? We'll kind of take a look at that. And then, of course, it's Tuesday, so tomorrow Tom Scateri will join us with our uh, political report uh, from the Pentagon. 
And someday this week, pal, I'm going to get uh, Danny Jones to come in here and talk about why in the world would his family have bought the murder house in Charleston. I, just, that, I still don't understand. If, if I'm thinking to buy a house and they go, by the way, you remember that very, very well-publicized murder that occurred in here? Yes. See that spot right there? This is that house. I ain't, I ain't buying it. But uh, apparently Danny grew No wonder Danny's so strange. That's the way he grew up. No, nah, I'm only kidding, Mr. Mayor. All right. Uh, just about 10 o'clock, ABC covers the world. Have yourself a good day, my friend. I'll see you tomorrow morning.